0: You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, our first off off-season podcast of the year. Is presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And Titans fans, I know that I am with you on this Monday morning, and you may be feeling angry. You may be feeling sad at the 20 to 13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens, and I felt. Some of those emotions as well, but my overriding emotion at this time is peace, and uh, that is what I want to convey to you guys on today's show, so we're going to start things off, we're going to break down the game, I'm going to talk about all three phases, talk about the good and the bad from a team perspective, but I ultimately want to leave the first segment with uh, a positive vibe and a positive mindset going forward about where this Titans team is and how we should appreciate what's taking place. So I'm going to, Try to kind of get you guys to calm down and 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 get you at ease to start off today's show Then we're going to dive a little deeper into the game It's time for tighten up tighten down and make sure to let me know on twitter at tic tac titans If you agree disagree or feel like I missed any tighten ups or tighten downs But i'm going to give you my good and bad performances from this game And then at the end of today's show I'm going to talk about what took place in the playoffs what the bracket looks like going forward obviously cover a little bit of national news, but also give you guys an idea of what to expect in the offseason on the Locked on Titans podcast. And I'm not done going Monday through Friday, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the entire offseason. I'm going to be covering all the moves the Titans need to make, free agency. We're going to dive deep into the draft. The Titans obviously have some needs they need to address, a lot of need in there, but the Titans have a lot of needs. We're going to talk about coaching changes that should maybe take place, and one in particular that I know you guys are going to be looking for. So there's a lot to discuss in terms of the Tennessee Titans all season, and we saw what failing at the all season can do to a team on Sunday. So we're going to talk about how the Titans can find a way to not repeat what they did last all season. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But we're going to break down this game today, try to get to a peaceful state as we move into the all season. Let's get it. Well, the Titans' season is over, 11-5, and and a loss to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, as I mentioned at the top of our show, 20-13 to in this game, and you would have never thought that the Titans would go out in a loss where they only scored 13 points, so I know that a lot of people are going to point to the long run in the first half by Lamar Jackson, some tackling errors that were made by the Titans' defense, but overall they forced a turnover, they got a missed field goal. I thought they played a very good game, had a pretty good defensive game plan as we know that that the Titans will have against the Ravens. They're going to make it tough on the Ravens. So, I was pretty impressed overall by the defense. Got some third down stops, had four sacks in the first half. So, the Titans were getting pressure on Lamar Jackson at times during the game as well, better than we've seen. Titans got some really good contributions from some players on the defensive side of the ball that you wouldn't expect. So, Overall, I mean, I got to give... A lot of credit to the Titans' defense in this game. It was one of their best performances all year long, and they really rose to the challenge that Lamar Jackson posed. And I know that a lot of you are saying, what are you talking about? They gave up that big run. They missed these tackles here and there. A couple times, you know, the, the Ravens were able to make plays in the passing game on critical third downs with a few deep pass, well, intermediate deep passes. Mark Andrews on the sideline, one to Hollywood Brown that put him in the red zone. I know that the defense wasn't perfect, but compared to what we got all year from this Titans' defense, defense, holding this Ravens team that's as hot as they were to only 20 points, forcing a turnover early in the game. They gave the Titans offense plenty of opportunities early in this game to really put their foot on the Ravens' neck. This game should have been 17-3. to It could have been 21-3 to in the first half. So the Titans had plenty of chances on offense to make it happen, and they simply didn't. They just simply didn't, and we could get into the individual stats, obviously. Ryan Tannehill had the late interception that basically ended things, but the reality is Derrick Henry never got going at all, and because Derrick Henry never got going in the run game, I I hate to say Derrick Henry never got going, the offensive line is just as responsible. There wasn't a lot of push, and we'll talk about the individual performances a little bit more and tighten up and tighten down, but the reality is the offense as a whole wasn't healthy. And we could blame individual people here and there, but the wide receivers weren't really getting very much separation. Now, in my opinion, that's a personnel problem. The Titans don't have enough good wide receivers. Adam Humphreys got hurt. Corey Davis, I'm not willing to make a statement on what happened there, but we certainly need a little bit more information because I didn't see any injury, but you know, I'm not willing to make a statement at this time. So, you know, with no Corey Davis out there, Adam Humphreys has been gone for most of the season. Other than A.J. Brown, who do the Titans even have that should honestly even be on the field as a wide receiver? Um, And when you have that situation with the Ravens playing man, bringing pressure, the Titans' offensive line, Roger Saffold's not at 100%. um, David Questenberry is not a starting tackle in the NFL. He's not really even a backup offensive tackle. So, the Titans' deficiencies in personnel, the Titans' deficiencies as players in their skill set, it just all got exposed. And you got to give the Baltimore Ravens a ton of credit here. Their entire offseason, they were determined to build a defense that could stop the run against the Titans. And they did. And they did, guys. They did a good job. They crowded the line of scrimmage. They had five on the line of scrimmage at all times to cover all the offensive linemen to make combo blocks and get into the second level hard. They were aggressive off the edge. The Titans' tight ends lost the battle on the edge, setting a firm edge. The Titans' tackles weren't very good on the edge. The Ravens' second-level defenders brought a lot of pressure, blitzing up, not necessarily blitzing up the middle, but pressure up the middle, and they just did a good job. It was a great game plan for the Ravens. They executed perfectly, and the Titans didn't have an answer. They didn't have an answer for it. And we saw some good plays here and there, but, you know, overall wasn't enough. The special teams even was pretty good, but ultimately, uh, the Titans didn't play good enough to win the game. The Titans' offense specifically let them down in this matchup, but as I've mentioned at the top of the show, I'm kind of at peace. I'm not angry at Ryan Tannehill for not seeing A.J. Brown, I'm not mad at the offensive line for not being able to get more push in the run game. I'm not angry with the defense for their performance at all. I'm a little perturbed by Mike Vrabel in that decision not to go for it on fourth down. While we're here, it makes sense. That was the moment the game was lost. Um, there's tons of analytics that are all over online. I've retweeted them. Pro Football Reference said that that was the first time since they started charting it, which was 1994, the first time since 1994... That an NFL team in the playoffs down one score in the fourth quarter on fourth and two past the 50 yard line. I know that's a lot of qualifiers, but a playoff game where it's the fourth quarter, your team is losing by one score or less, and it's fourth or two, fourth and two across the 50 yard line. No team has ever punted in that situation since 1994. So Mike Vrabel uh, just really made a conservative decision that doomed the team. The, the Titans then uh, got the missed field goal luckily, but, I mean, gave up another three points right after that because they didn't go for it. So I thought that moment in time, really, really confusing conservative call right there. It's, it's second and two. Derrick Henry just had an eight-yard run, his longest run of the day, and he gets no carries the next two downs. You throw incomplete passes, and then you don't go for it on fourth and two. When you know that you're really not having any success stopping the Ravens' offense here in recent drives. They've been going down the field. Um, It's just crazy to me that Mike Vrabel, with the season on the line, decided to put his fate in the defense's hands rather than his offense's hands. And I know the run game had been getting stopped, but I just refuse to believe that on three plays in a row, Derrick Henry couldn't get two yards. So, Arthur Smith, uh, some confusing personnel packages on those plays as well. Um, so disappointed to see that, but overall, like I said, guys, I'm at peace. 11-5 and season, a division title, a home playoff game. We haven't had those in 12 years, 13 years, I guess, if you're going by the calendar. Um, the Titans had one of the worst all seasons they've had in franchise history. The draft, re-agency, coaching hires, all a complete bust, a complete, total, utter bust. Um, and it doomed the team overall. They didn't have enough to win a Super Bowl, so... I'm at peace. I think the Titans would have got beat pretty badly against this version of Buffalo or the Chiefs if they had a chance to play them. So I'm not really all that upset. The division or the rivalry between us and the Ravens is at 2-1. and one. We've gotten them. They've gotten us. And as the rivalry has gone in recent iterations, the away team won. The under, Well, they weren't an underdog by betting favorites, but they were the lower seed and they won. So a great game by the Ravens. The Titans just weren't able to play their level of football. And honestly, they got beat. And in my opinion, an 11-5 and season with uh, a loss in the first round of the playoffs is, is what the Titans deserved this year. And quite frankly, it's still so much better. So much better than what we've gotten for most of the time in Tennessee. So I'm grateful for this team um, at peace with the season that happened, and uh, it's disappointing, but I hope you guys can sit back and just have perspective and appreciate this team and the football that we get to watch 17, 18 Sundays in a row every year for the last five years. So with that in mind, going to go into tighten up and tighten down for the individual performances in this game, the good and the bad before we do. Now that the Titans are out, maybe you can get a little skin in on the other playoff games and not feel as guilty. Uh, go to betonline.ag. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your deposit when you use promo code locked on. You got the NBA regular season, college basketball getting underway, the national championship for college football is on Monday night. So sign up now at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's literally free money. So go to betonline.ag today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. time for tighten up and tighten down, taking a look at the good and bad individual performances from Sunday. Before we get into those, I want to remind you guys that before you go to betonline.ag to place your wagers, check out the Locked on Bets podcast. Your boy Q from the Locked on Raiders podcast is the host of this new addition to the Locked on Podcast Network. Great place to get your betting analysis and have a little bit of fun as well. So make sure you check out the Locked on bets podcast, but let's get into tighten up, tighten down, and remember, go on Twitter at Titans, follow me, and let me know which of my tighten ups and tighten downs you disagree with, if you think I missed any, or heck, you can even tell me the ones that you agree with me on, those are nice as well, hashtag tighten up, tighten down, and tag me to let me know, but let's dive into these individual performances for the Titans, I'm going to start with the positives here, we're going to start with uh, the good stuff might as well I mean heck the season's over let's let's start positively AJ Brown is everything and more I mean he's exactly what you want him to be he's exactly uh, what the Titans have wanted for two decades he's something we've never had a real stud freak number one wide receiver who will make a play and step up in the biggest moments um, he had six catches 83 yards a touchdown got the Titans on the board with their only touchdown of the day in a one-on-one physical battle with a really good cornerback in Marlon Humphreys. I know he beat Humphrey on that last interception by Tannehill and maybe if Tannehill goes to his second read there, he sees him and it's a touchdown. I don't know. It's pie in the sky, guys. I don't think the Titans deserve to win this game. Quite frankly, we'll talk a little bit more about those things in Titan Down, though, but I thought it was a good, a great day from A.J. Brown showing exactly that he is what we need him to be and uh, excited about his future and maybe he won't be hurt the the entire season next year, and he'll even take another leap and become a 1400 1500 yard receiver. I'm excited for what he's going to do. Hope he's around for a long time. Um, this may be a little controversial, but I'm going to give a tighten up to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he was 18 for 26 on the day, 165 yards, had one touchdown, had the interception that, that sealed the, the loss for the Titans. But in my opinion, the, Ryan Tannehill was out. In a boat with no paddle. The, the Titans' run game is necessary to their scheme. So everybody would say, oh, Ryan Tannehill proved that, you know, if they don't have the run game, he can't do anything. Okay, th- that's an easy... Uh, I guess analysis point to make but if the Titans were in a different scheme that didn't depend on the run game so much then maybe Ryan Tannehill would have had a better day but the Titans scheme is dependent on creating explosive plays and play action off success in the run game and no success in the run game doomed Ryan Tannehill I thought he did as best as he possibly could considering the situation I mean there was absolutely no run game whatsoever for the Titans so it almost eliminated everything that they do well imagine if somebody came out and just didn't let the Warriors shoot three-pointers. Well, they're probably not going to have a great game. They're going to make Steph Curry penetrate into the lane. And I thought asking, in this analogy, Steph Curry to penetrate into the lane and get baskets at the rim is asking Ryan Tannehill to be surgical all day long without the play action. And I thought he still did a pretty good job. And then you add in the personnel aspect of this. Corey Davis wasn't in the game. I don't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not making speculation yet, but he wasn't in the game. So you only have A.J. Brown with a tough matchup against Marlon Humphreys. He's not going to win every single down. So then you look at the other options that you have out there Nick Westbrook, Cam Batson, Khalif Raymond. These guys are practice squad wide receivers in the NFL. They're not going to win one on one against Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters or Chuck Clark. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, Ryan Tannehill is out there with a practice squad wide receiver core outside of A.J. Brown. No run game whatsoever. Not even a bad day in the, or not even a a mediocre day in the run game, a terrible day in the run game. Arthur Smith making some weird play calls. I mean, the DAC was completely, or yeah, the deck was completely stacked against Tannehill in this game. And I thought in the bright moments that the Titans had, it was because he put them on his back and him and A.J. Brown made things happen. So I'm gonna give Tannehill a tighten up, and I know that's a little controversy or controversial, but I don't care. Um, continuing, I thought Batson and Westbrook did all right. I mean, once again, they're practice squad wide receivers that are being asked to be number two and number three wide receivers in a playoff game against a really good team with great cornerbacks and good man defense. Westbrook had two catches for 17 yards. Batson had the one catch for a first down early in the game. I just thought the position that they were being put in, they did the best they could. So a tighten up for practice squad, guys, you know? Next, Matt Dickerson on the defensive line. Didn't expect him to get as much run as he got in this game, but I thought he did good. He had a a sack in this game, had a tackle in this game. I thought he did a great job of kind of stuffing up the middle uh, in run defense. Same thing with Nick DeZubnar. Did not expect to see him out there playing so much in the base defense for the Titans. The Titans were running the 3-3-5 on defense that I told you that they were going to run, and they were using Nick DeZubnar. They did that last year with Kamale Correa, so he kind of played that role this year against the Ravens, and I thought he did a pretty good job squeezing down on the inside run. So, pretty good job from Nick DeZubnar uh, on defense, which was surprising. I also thought Harold Landry was the Titans' best defensive player in this game. He had 10 tackles, had two sacks, was doing a great job in my opinion, out there. Uh, Same, I thought Desmond King, this is an ideal matchup for a guy like Desmond King, similar to Logan Ryan, because of how much the Ravens run the ball and run RPO, read options, stuff like that. So I thought Desmond King did good. And Malcolm Butler, although he wasn't always awesome in coverage, I thought Malcolm Butler had a fantastic day, had the interception on a great play as well, almost had another interception in the red zone on a pass to Mark Andrews. Thought he was a physical tackler as well. So, uh, you know, big tighten up to Malcolm Butler. Also on special teams, Goskowski made all his kicks. Brett Kern had a couple of really good punts for the Titans as well. So, shout out to the special teams and, you know, the defense overall had a good day. Titans offense just couldn't hack it. And Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown tried to do everything on their own and just couldn't get it done. Um, That's going to do it for my Titan ups, though. Going to move forward into the Titan downs quickly. Corey Davis, what the heck happened? Since that 0-for-0 game at the Packers... He completely disappeared. Now, I'm empathetic to everything that he's gone through this year, and it's been well-documented, but these are the biggest games of the year, man. You're out there on the field. you got to make plays. And he went for five catches, 113 yards in the last matchup because the Ravens go with that man defense, and A.J. Brown has a tough matchup against Marlon Humphrey, who's the better corner. So Corey Davis going one-on-one against uh, Marcus Peters is a place where the Titans found a lot of success last time. But late in that game, we don't know if it was injury, we don't know what happened, but Corey Davis had his helmet off and wasn't in the game, and that left Nick Westbrook and Cam Batson out there to be the Titans' number two wide receiver against heavy man coverage. Just not going to get it done. So we don't know what happened with Corey Davis, but either way, major Titan down for me, 0-for-0, Uh, Two out of the last three games, potentially, in his Titans career, he gave a goose egg to the Titans in their two biggest games. So that's disappointment. He definitely, if he does not come back, went out with a whimper. And we'll talk more about what happened with him as we get more information after the game. The offensive line never got pushed in the run game, got bullied by the Ravens' front. Uh, Derrick Henry, 18 for 40, he's involved in that Titan down as well. He wasn't hitting um, any big plays. I mean, he was trying his best. I, I don't like putting him in the Titan down, but 18 for 40, it's only right. Uh, the Titans overall, not just Derrick Henry, but overall as a team, only averaged 2.3 yards per carry. The offensive line, like I mentioned, got zero push in this game, and they weren't great in pass protection either. Ryan Tannehill was under under pressure all day long trying to make things work. Next, the tight ends, and not in the passing game, but in the run game, they got crushed on the edge. The Ravens edge defenders, and Judon specifically, um, uh, Pernell McPhee, they had a great game in this game. The Titans couldn't set an edge, in outside zone all day long. Pressure from the interior, pressure from the outside, no lanes for Derrick Henry. So a terrible job by the tight ends in their run blocking as well. And then Arthur Smith, on that, Derrick Henry gets his longest Carry of the game, eight yards. Arthur Smith takes him off the field, goes with three tight end personnel, tries to go with those cute packages with Anthony Ferkser in the backfield, throwing it out to Michael Pruitt, things like I just, with McNichols in the backfield, it's second and two. I know you haven't had a lot of success in the run game, but give the ball to Derrick Henry up the middle and shotgun three straight plays in a row and then restart on first down and see if you can get it something going. Like, I just, all year long, all year long, Arthur Smith's biggest deficiencies were just getting too cute. He would just get too cute sometimes and go away from the from the simple conventional call that while being simple and conventional and predictable, is still the right call. So he outsmarted himself a little bit, and later in the offseason, here later in the week when we talk about what could be changing for the Titans, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I'm a little more optimistic that Arthur Smith comes back to the Titans and maybe doesn't get a head coaching job uh, than I was before the game. And and the way that teams have treated him this offseason makes a little more sense to me now. But we're not going to talk about that today, but a Titan down there for Art for that sequence. And Mike Vrabel not going for it on fourth down. Mike Vrabel knows what the offense is doing. Um, I mentioned this earlier. Pro Football Reference has been charting this since 1994. A team in the playoffs down by one score in the fourth quarter on their side of the field with fourth and two or less, has never punted before. So um, shield your children's ears if you're listening to this. A joke I saw on Twitter. It's just too good not to share with you. I retweeted it. But maybe a little inappropriate for smaller children. All right, you ready? The guy who said he would cut off... His thing for a Super Bowl had no onions when the game was on the line. You got to go for that fourth and two. You gave the Ravens a free field goal. You took away the Titans' best offensive opportunity they had had all second half. It's that fourth and two. From second and two to fourth and two, those three plays, Arthur Smith and Mike Vrabel let the Titans down. And because of that, the Titans didn't win this game. They smited the football gods. You don't tuck your tail between your legs in that situation. You don't, and the Titans paid for it. So, I want to mention that. Finally, um, on the defensive side of the ball, Adori was just miserable. They attacked him in the second half. He can't tackle. He's as physical as a high school cross-country runner. Um, I know they picked up his fifth-year option, but... I just don't see how you can count on Adoree Jackson to be uh, um, a reliable member of your secondary going forward. Yeah, he's good for certain matchups with speed guys, but his inability to be be physical, his coverage was terrible since he came back. So we can all blame the injury, but Adoree's always banged up, and I just don't know how you can count on him from here. With And then a, a deficiency that's always been there outside of... You know, the injury is his tackling, and teams are starting to attack him. The Packers roasted him. We saw him get killed by Brandon Cooks last week, and then this week the Ravens went after him over and over with Hollywood Brown, who had over 100 yards. Adoree Jackson was a negative on this team since he came back, unfortunately, and next year we're going to have to pay about $12 million for him. Laysi. Uh, I thought Vaccaro wasn't great in this game. Missed a few tackles, critical tackles on the perimeter. He just can't cover anybody in the pass game. Uh, He just can't cover anybody. He's a linebacker for all intent and purposes uh, going forward for this team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him cut in the offseason to give more of a full-time responsibility to uh, Amani Hooker, and then maybe look to draft a safety who can be uh, a player, maybe hope Crookshank can come back and keep developing. Lastly, Kevin Byard, I didn't like putting him here because he didn't have a terrible game, but man, that Lamar Jackson run in the first half that kind of changed the game, Kevin Byard looked like he was in quicksand, and that's how he looked all year. He just looks slow, and he's instinctive, and when those instincts don't work or he doesn't have decent players around him, he's just not fast enough or athletic enough to, to be the type of safety that that we kind of need him to be. So uh, his role is going to have to transition here. After his second contract, he's going to have to become more of a box safety. And what the Titans wanted from Logan Ryan, what the Titans wanted from Kenny Vaccaro in recent years, Kevin Byard's going to have to start filling that role, and they may have to think about getting a more athletic deep end safety to kind of cover the back end going forward. So that's going to do it for tighten up and tighten down. Uh, we are going to move forward into the final segment. I'm going to give some more you know deep reflections Uh, Talk about what happened in the other playoff games this weekend, and then also uh, talk to you guys a little bit about what the offseason will hold for the Locked on Titans podcast. Before we jump into that final segment, though, I want to talk about the title sponsor for the show, and that is our friends over at BuiltBar.com. Six brand new flavors to go along with their 12 originals, the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy. It's great for you health-wise as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and even if you use this promo code before you can continue to use it and get 20% off every time you order, so go to builtbar.com and use that promo code one word locked on. And like I said, you get 20% off every order. So, locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. The sting of defeat. You know, I feel at peace, but don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't mean to act like I am not disappointed in any way or I'm just okay with it. Uh, the Titans are in the middle of their Super Bowl window, so seeing them go out first game, it's disappointing for sure, but I guess it's just not as dire and it's not as disparate as as it has been in you know, previous seasons and uh, for a long time for Titans fans. So I just don't feel hopeless, I guess, is, is the big takeaway for me. But with that in mind, let's take a look at you know what take uh, what took place in the NFL this weekend. It is Wild Card Weekend, and although the Titans lost, I am still an NFL fan, as I'm sure you guys are, and I'm going to continue watching these playoffs. And I always you know find a team that I want to root for. And since the Titans are out, and that's the position we are in now, it sure as hell isn't the Ravens, though that I can confirm, and it sure as hell isn't the Browns. So uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, It's not quite Pittsburgh either, but let's talk about what took place in the playoffs. So the first game of the day yesterday was Buffalo versus the Colts, and that was a, a, a tight game there at the end. I thought Phillip Rivers ultimately was what doomed the Colts in that game. Some questionable decisions by Frank Reich as well. Honestly, though, I thought in the first half he should have taken the field goal, but him going for two in the second half, he got criticized for that a little bit. I don't blame Frank Reich for that. I think it worked out. They were only down by 11 afterwards, and, you know, they came back and, and made it close. 27-24 to 24 Buffalo, but I'm kind of rooting for Buffalo. Going forward, they're fun to watch. Uh, I like Josh Allen a lot coming out of college. I thought he was the best quarterback of that group. Uh, I, I, I felt that all along, and although it looked a little sketchy at times, I'm glad he's kind of uh, paying my opinion off there. Um, but a tight game. Uh, this might be the end of Phillip Rivers for Indy. He might be ready to retire, and he missed Marcus Johnson or Mar- uh, Michael Pittman. Whoa, totally blew that. Marcus Johnson is on the Titans now. He missed Michael Pittman in the back of the end zone that would have changed that game. So, Phillip Rivers' age, overthrowing the ball. But, well, it did come back to bite the Colts when it mattered most. Uh, I thought they would be a little bit worse on the season, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I knew it would be Rivers that uh, put the last final nail in their coffin, and that was the case. So, Buffalo. We'll have a home playoff game next weekend. Not 100% certain at this time who they will be playing in that game. Depends on if uh, the Browns lose to the Steelers or not. I got to be honest with you guys. I thought about... uh You know, waiting to finish off the show until later, but I really, after the Titans lose like that, I I really don't feel like waiting until uh, 1130 midnight Eastern time to uh, on the Brown Steelers game just to get the pod ready for you guys. So, uh, the Ravens are the 5 seed, the Browns are the 6. If uh, the Browns win... The Browns go to Kansas City. The Ravens go to Buffalo. If the Steelers win, the Steelers go to Buffalo and the Ravens go to Kansas City. Either way, i got to be honest with you. I'm rooting for the Chiefs and the Bills in those games. I want that to be the AFC title. But I'll update you guys again on that next week. On the NFC side, uh, the Buccaneers in a close game. Taylor Heineke. What a surprise that was. Uh, Put on a pretty good performance. That's a performance for a lifetime for that guy. Um, The football team made it close, but uh, Tom Brady was awesome in this game. He looks fantastic. I'd say he's been a top seven, top eight quarterback in the NFL this year, age 43. Pretty phenomenal. His deep passing is about as good as it's ever been in his entire career, age 43. Uh, Pretty insane. At the end of the day, the Buccaneers will advance. Now, who they will play? Still to be determined because the Rams beat the Seahawks. We saw Jared Goff with an injury come in. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks' offense never got things going. Uh, they lost 30-20 to 20 to the Rams, so the Rams win that game 30-20. to 20. If you want to talk about it that way, I always like to put the higher score first, just the way that I am. But uh, the Seahawks are the number 6 seed. And the Bears and the Saints are playing right now as I'm recording. Now, the Saints are up 7 to nothing, and I fully expect the Saints to win that game. So the odds are that next week, we are going to see the Rams at the Packers and the Buccaneers at the Saints. That's what's most likely going to happen. So... Those will be two very interesting games. And those games, I'm going to be rooting for the Buccaneers and the Packers. I would like to see Tom Brady take on Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field and then Josh Allen take on Patrick Mahomes uh, in Arrowhead. That would be excellent from a football fan perspective. If the Titans can't be in, then let me see uh, four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year go at it. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But that is where the playoff picture stands right now with the Tennessee Titans. Out of it. Unfortunately, so let's kind of move on into the next thing that I wanted to talk about with you guys. And that's going to be uh, the giveaway that I did over the weekend. I do want to mention that. So uh, I did a giveaway. It was pretty fun. I gave away a Tennessee Titans book bag, two pennant flags, and two water bottles. Uh, was on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. If you aren't following me there, uh, make sure that you do so. Not only for tighten up, tighten down, not only for the film breakdowns and stuff I'm going to talk about in a second, but I'm going to be doing more giveaways throughout the coming seasons and things like that. I had a lot of good. I had a really good time doing that with you guys, and it was fun to to give away those things to you guys, I, I want to keep doing that with the community that we're building here, so make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Titans, and you should go back and check out the giveaway post that I had and check out the cool merch, so you got an idea of the type of things that I'll be giving away uh, in the future. Now, speaking of the future, want to talk to you guys about what to expect coming forward on the Locked On Titans podcast. You gotta subscribe on whatever platform you do stream, because I'm going Monday through Friday, the entire year long. There might be a, about a month or three weeks where I go three podcasts a day, just because I'm human, guys, um, working a full-time job, uh, putting the the three to six hours a night I put into this show and my research, um, it's it's a lot. So I will probably take like a three-episode-per-week sabbatical uh, during the, the middle summer, the right before training camp and things like that. But for the most part, you're getting five episodes per week going forward throughout the entire free agency period, throughout the entire draft season uh, throughout, you know, options the OTAs that I hope teams get to have this year as things maybe improve on the COVID front. So I'm going to be doing player breakdowns, player reviews, season reviews, uh, film breakdowns on here, everything you could want. Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns on Twitter. Follow me there. I keep saying that you have to do that. Those things pair together. So I got a lot in store. We're going to do season awards coming up in the, you know, biggest disappointments, MVP, defensive rookie of the year, all different kinds of award shows and season reviews before we kind of get into some of the things uh, that will be taking place throughout the offseason. Like I said, we got season options, Rashawn Evans' option, what to do with Corey Davis. The Titans have to hire a defensive coordinator. Going to talk about the options that they will have there. So, got a lot coming for you on the Locked On Titans podcast as we continue to go Monday through Friday throughout the entire year. But uh, make sure that you subscribe, follow me on Twitter. Guys, be at peace. This is a great Tennessee Titans team, and they're going to come back next year. And there's no way that last offseason uh, will go or can possibly be a forecast for this. The Titans all season this year cannot possibly be as bad as what we saw last year. So good things ahead for the Titans. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.